Hey everyone, welcome back to J. Kim's Topic. I'm your host, Jason Kim. And today's episode, we'll be going over Polynesian tattoos. Uh, I think it's significant that we talk about Polynesian tattoos because the word tattoo comes from the Polynesian word tatau, which means to mark. As I said earlier, the word tatau means to mark, so you don't mark your body, I suppose. But tatau carries a heavier meaning. It is a symbolic representation of the process of taking an abstract idea and rendering it into reality. The tattoo on your body is not only art. It carries cultural meaning that transcends words. The culture lives on because the meaning are beyond the individual. I think I've said this in the intro, even even from examples of Japanese-style tattoos, is basically if you want to convey a feeling in the most efficient way, sometimes writing an essay or, you know, reciting a title, it won't necessarily do that, you know. But an image delivers all what you need to know about someone or something or how you should feel about something. An image could capture all of that in one second. And that's why tattoos are a very, you know, we don't often see tattoos as a form of communication. We often look at tattoos as art. Oh, this is beautiful art that represents more of the individual but as we're going to read here, especially with Tatao and most ancient tattoo cultures, it's tattoos are more of a communicative thing. It's a more it's more about letting the other people know know what you're about or who you are. And that, I guess, in a way becomes culture. And before before we go any further, I should probably list out what does Polynesian mean? Polynesian it literally means many islands uh, and it's really specifically talking about the Pacific Ocean region and all those dotted islands throughout. And so when they say Polynesian, they mean, you know, people like Marquesians, Samoans, Niuans, Tongans, Cook Islanders, Hawaiian, Tahitians, and Maori. So essentially the movie Moana, I guess. I don't want to reduce all that to one film, but, you know, for those who might not be aware. And what's interesting here is that i I decided to write this down because i found interesting is many words overlap between cultures while some words may be unique and different from one island to another so whereas moana which means ocean and mana which means spiritual force is the same in all polynesian cultures revealing the deepest aspect of polynesian culture spirit and the ocean ocean guarantees life so i mean we see that in other cultures right for example in Korean and uh, Japanese, we've borrowed the word uh, library from, from the Mandarin, which is a uh, Mandarin is a Toshugan, and then in Korean is Tosogan, and in Japanese is, I guess, something similar. I don't know what it is in Japanese, but I know it's quite similar. And it says a lot about what those societies find the most important. So I guess in East Asian culture, they found that maybe they found that it was important to use the same Chinese word for the word library because I guess China must, you know, China has a lot of libraries in ancient times. So to me, that makes sense. And here in the Polynesian islands or the Polynesian cultures, it it doesn't surprise me that the words like Moana and Mana is the same throughout all those islands. I mean... When you are separated by island, it is far easier to create new cultures and new languages because you're cut off from everyone else, right? But it's it's like I said, it says a lot about the place of the ocean and in the cult in the Polynesian culture. 
So for this episode, I've been using a website called zealandtattoo.co.nz. It's a New Zealand tattoo shop in Queenstown or uh, Christchurch in one of those two cities. And they talk a lot about, they kind of give you the insider's perspective of Maori tattoos and what they mean to Maori people. Maori are the indigenous people that live in New Zealand. Uh, they're the ones that do the haka. Well, I think they all do some variation of the war dance haka, which is, you know, it's pretty cool. You see at rugby matches. Anyway, so back on the New Zealand tattoo website, they give a detailed explanation of different styles and their meaning. For this episode, I want to focus on the origin, its proliferation in the West, and the placement of the art on the body. So I just gave you a brief history, but really the structure of this episode, well, history, more like historical facts that you ought to know, rather. But for this episode, I really want to focus on these three things, as I just said before. The focus is on the origin of where these tattoos come from. What do they mean? Also, how that influenced the West and proliferated in the West, if it ever did proliferate in the West. And the placement of the motifs on the body. The motifs, I guess you can call it the tattoo art, the art itself. Uh, those are often those are called motifs and how and what does those motifs mean on different body parts All right, so let's start with the origins so the details of the origins of tatao is not known due to oral tradition and a lack of written evidence due to the absence of a written system tattoos become that medium of written communication tattoos are a language in, in themselves as I said earlier they signify social hierarchy sexual maturity, familial, familial genealogy, and one's rank within society. Rank and social hierarchy differ a little bit. Like for example, think of it as the army, right? You could be, you could be a captain when you're 18, let's say. But if you want to talk, talk about social hierarchy within the army, the older dudes in the army, despite their rank, will probably have a little more respect because they have more life experience. You know, something like that. After Captain James Cook's first adventures in the Pacific in the 18th century, the word tattoo began to appear in Europe. Transmission of knowledge. You know, that's a good sign. I don't mean that sarcastically. According to Cook's writing, he observed the tattoos that were being performed on board his ship by Tahitian named Mai, who was a displaced refugee after the Boraboran invasion. But, okay, so basically there's this guy on Captain James Cook's uh, ship named Mai, the Tahitian dude. And I think the story went was that he started tattooing some of the European sailors. And some of those European sailors wanted those tattoos as kind of like a souvenir that they went to, you know, literally the end of the, the, ends of the world. So it's a big, it's a big, you know, it's a big uh, accomplishment. Imagine there was a civilization on Mars and to mark the fact that you went all the way to mars you get like a tattoo i mean i know i've met a lot of people who get travel tattoos that wherever they travel to they want to get a tattoo that reminds them of that place so you know i guess that's where our modern tattoo quest of travel the one i just you know described uh, i guess we get it from these sailors or maybe that's something innate in all humans to get some sort of souvenir for wherever they go put yourself on an expeditionary ship in the pacific it's gonna get boring and getting a tattoo seems like a good way to pass time. I, I would definitely do that. This is perhaps where the Sailor Jerry tradition of tattoos started. I th Well, the more I did research actually for the next episode, which will be on the traditional American style tattoos or the Sailor Jerry tattoos. That's a fact. They The Sailor Jerry tattoos definitely got a lot of influence from Western European Navy tradition of getting tattoos wherever they went, especially among pirates, it seems. 
But let's let's backtrack and go back to the Polynesian perspective of tattoos or tatows. It was a religious affair with a community participation, which this is uh, I found quite fascinating. Polynesian priests were trained in applying the art, but also going through meticulous training. Strictly prescribed rituals and taboos had to be followed during the tattoo process. I'm not entirely sure what those rituals taboos are, but I feel like that is something that I would rather learn from someone of the culture as opposed to just reading it. But I could definitely do some more research. But I would assume saying like because you are opening the body essentially because you're cutting into the skin. Maybe there's a thing where you can't have some sort of bad luck charm in the same room as you're getting tattooed. You know, something like that I, I would assume. The individual receiving a tattoo will also influence the art or the motif. In ancient Samoa, men were tattooed if they were warriors. They received huge pieces that began at the waist and extended below the knees. Women were often given smaller tattoos such as floral pattern, often in geometrical design. These tattoos are often placed on the woman's hand and parts of the lower body. We'll get to more details a little later. The healing process included the community. Salt water was applied to prevent infections and due to the pain the tattoo due to the pain of the tattooing rather, the tattooed part of the body is tense, sensitive and sore. That's very true. During this period, the family aids the newly tattooed person with the healing. It's similar to a bar mitzvah. The entire community has gathered to watch you become a man and welcome you to a new chapter of life. In, this, in these communities, I suppose, or I mean in the South Pacific, tattooing, I guess, getting a huge piece of getting tattooed marks the beginning of a new chapter in your life, I guess, into adulthood or into a warrior life. Uh, you know, Drawing comparison to a bar mitzvah, you have the entire community witnessing you become a man. And in this case, with tattoos, it's, I guess, a similar sentiment. Polynesian belief holds that humanity is a descendant of Rangi, or, which means heaven, and Papa, which is earth, who were once unified. I think Greek mythology is the same thing. Or not the same, but very similar concept in Greek mythology as well. Humanity's quest is to find that union again. As such, the body, that union being the union between heaven and earth. As such, the body is seen as a link between Rangi or Rangi, and Papa, between heaven and earth. Thereby, the upper part of the body is heaven and the lower part is earth. Also, the left of the body is the woman's side and the right is the male's side. The majority of my tattoos are on the left side of my body. I guess I'm more of a woman in this regard. In the following examples, I only took the definition of different body parts that I've been tattooed on. Also, the meaning of the tattoo is dependent on the motif and its placement on the body. Okay, so lower arms and hands. So I don't have any tattoos on my hands, but I do have tattoos on my inside my right forearm, one that goes around my left forearm, and I have another one right below the elbow on my left forearm. And what does that mean, left forearm or lower arms in general? From below the elbow, the same word is used to refer both to arm and hand. I guess this part of body, there's a Polynesian word that means the same thing. This part of the body, the lower arms and hands, this part of the body relates to creativity, creation, and making things. Oh, so I guess I got a creative bend to myself. That's nice. It's good to know. It's good to think of myself as an artist, I suppose. <laughs> and the next part is upper arms and shoulders. So I got a tattoo on my chest and I got a tattoo on my shoulder or my upper arm. And what does that say? The shoulders and upper arms above the elbow are associated with strength and bravery 
They relate to people such as warriors and chiefs. The Maori word for kikopuku used to designate this part of the union of the word kiko, flesh and body, and puku, swollen. Puku as a prefix or suffix, or suffix rather, is also used as an int- intensifier of the word it qualifies, enforcing the idea of strong arms. Okay, so it's just linguistic stuff right there. And chest, chest, it's, uh, I think, it, I remember reading it. I didn't write it down, but I just, I remembered it. Chest means uh, power, association with power and your hierarchy within the tribe or your rank within the tribe. It has more to do with the, you know, with the concepts of power. But yeah, so as I said earlier, if you go to that, if you just go and Google uh, Maori tattoos, oh no, uh, Polynesian tattoos and body parts, you could find a list of what body parts mean what. Now, another part about talking about tattoos is obviously the art itself or the motif. And in this case, the you know the Polyn- you know, Polynesian culture has a lot of different motifs signifying different things. So for this case, I extrapolated three examples where I thought it would be a you know a decent good basic example of you know what's happening here. So for the first motif, I decided to look at ocean, and all these examples are not that long; they're just pretty quick and straight to the point because you know that's the point of these motifs. As we said before, they're forms of communication, and when you look at them, you know what they mean and what they're about. So for the case of ocean, is a second home to Polynesian people and a place of rest when they leave for their last voyage. Coincidentally, turtles are said to join the departed, guiding them to their destinations. So sometimes the ocean can be the ocean can be used to represent death and the beyond. Since the ocean is a primary source of food, it is no wonder it impacts so much tradition and myth. All the creatures living in the ocean are associated with several meanings usually mutated from their characteristic traits and habits. The ocean and the sea can be represented by waves. The stylization of the ocean can often represent ideas such as life, change, and continuity through change. Waves can also be used to represent the world beyond, or the place where the departed go and rest on their last voyage. Okay, so there's a lot of themes of life and death, the eternity of life and death. The next motif is uh, spearhead. For spearhead is a classic symbol that is used to represent the warrior nature is the spear. Spearheads are very symbolic in relation to sharp items too. They can be used to represent the sting of some animals. So again, very aggressive warrior stuff. Uh, I guess is quite self-explanatory. And lastly, another example I pulled out was shark teeth. They represent protection, guidance and strength as well as ferocity. However, they are symbols of adaptability in marine cultures. Huh. I guess in a way with shark teeth, it, it, it's similar to the last episode on Japanese tattoos on Akala or uh, Fudomio, the Dharmapala, the guardian of the Dharma, whose job is to protect you. So if you get a tattoo of him, it's protection. Here, same, the similar thing with shark teeth, you know, protection, guidance, and strength. The Dharmapala does the same thing. So there's a lot of overlap in meaning, but they manifest, the motifs manifest differently. You know, with, with the Japanese, they have this imported religion that influenced their local traditions. And this imported religion being Buddhism from India. And here, you can see with the Polynesians, their influence comes from nature itself. Spending time on the ocean and just sailing the ocean, you know, almost their entire lives. So, you know, all this makes sense. When I was writing this episode, I didn't expect this the script to go at this point. 
you know, I was writing and the first thing that came to my mind was the game Far Cry 3. And I started thinking about how tattoos are perceived in video games as well. And that could be something, that could be a topic on its own for another time, which is the more I think about it, tattoos in video games could be a really fun thing. Maybe I, I should make a, I should make that into a video. So I thought I'd take maybe a moment to talk about uh, Far Cry 3 and how tattoos are represented in Far Cry 3. For those who haven't played a game Far Cry 3 or any of the Far Cry series, it's the same concept. You get stuck at some paradise, some tropical exotic paradise, and it turns out that exotic paradise is ruled by some crazy uh, dictator of some sort, and you need to break out of that area. The, every Far Cry game, that's the premise of it, and it's just it's the same thing with a different story. And Far Cry 3, perhaps considered one of the perhaps it's considered the best Far Cry, as a matter of fact. Uh, deals a lot with Pacific folklore and religion, so it so you don't really know what island because it happens in a tropical island. You play some like California dude in his early twenties on like some like crazy crazy bachelor party or some sort. I don't know what, and they're in a place that looks like Bali, and that's entire game. You just sort of survive in the South Pacific, but in the story you get you sort of get caught up in this war between pirates and the local inhabitants but the local inhabitants are being led by some religious figure who is uh i guess kind of cultish in a way but throughout the game as you proceed and you power up your character your character gave the game new abilities with experience points every time you get those new abilities it gets tattooed onto your body so it's very much playing on Polynesian ideas of how tattoos work because a lot of them genuinely understand tattoos to carry on this uh, power or mystique, if you will. A lot of it is communication, but for some, let's say for warriors, it's a way to show off, I guess, your medals, if you will. And it gives you that extra something. And in, in this game, the tattoos give you literal superpowers, you know? So it is playing in that idea and that concept of Polynesian tattoos and stuff. And if you really want to split hairs, and if you really want to be a little more critical, it's kind of odd that most of the NPCs, the non-player non -player characters, are Polynesians. And the only people you get to play are just white people. Anyway, it's just an observation. But this is a game from 2012, 2013. People weren't woke. <laughs> With that being said, uh, let's not forget that video games do perpetuate and, I mean, proliferate ideas. And... Far Cry 3 is definitely proliferating the idea of how tattoos may be perceived in this culture. It might even exoticize what people may take seriously. I mean, I guess it comes down to your sensibilities and how you see things, but I could definitely see why it's a problem. But it's also an old game, and it's also a really fun game. So in conclusion, I, I do want to make one statement. This episode and episode prior and the episode that will come after this will obviously be quite brief and will only scratch the surface of tattoo cultures and tattoo art and the history of it. There's far more to talk about. It's really complex. Not complex, rather. It's more. It's rich. It's a rich history that's very much tied to cultures and spiritualities and even religion. And that's something that requires. It requires time to breathe. And I think this is my way of letting the topic breathe which is to introduce it give you know put out all the very basic ideas and some of the things that i feel like for me personally i should know when i go into this topic in depth in the future anyway so let's read what i wrote as a conclusion 
So in today's millennials are obsessed with tattoos and the capacity as an external representation of the inner self. What we what we learned briefly today was Polynesian tattoos capture something profoundly true. Observa- observations of the immediate world or the metaphysical one. Tattoos are not only cultural markers of your tribal membership, they are also a representation of a cultural worldview. That humanity is truly unique. The unifier of the sacred and profane, the connector of the heavens and the earth. Polynesian tattoos capture what many other religious uh, religions express. The uniqueness of the human experience. If Adam and Eve ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, as descendants of the original humans, we hold such transcendental knowledge and shouldn't we express that? Oh wow, I didn't realize I wrote something that deep. Okay, so what I really mean to say is that humans were special. What every religion writes about the human experience, it always emphasizes the uniqueness of the human experience, that we are not animals. We can observe animals and see how they live while they have no idea we are observing them. I mean, maybe they do, but you know what I mean. And through tattoos, when you look at, picture a Maori man who's tattooed on his face, all over his head and down to his toes, it might evoke a certain emotion. It will evoke a certain emotion. But what you see is perhaps a culture's uh, yearning for that connection between heaven and earth. A lot of cultures keep speaking about this yearning to reconnect something that was gone. And it seems like with the Maori people, I keep saying Maori, but Polynesian people, spending all that time in the in the ocean looking for land and finally coming across land, they understand the, they seem to tune into something and understand and also even philosophize an aspect of life that it's it, it goes away quick, that it's fleeting. I always found it, I, you know, for me personally, I always found the topics of whenever religion talks about connecting the profane and the sacred, you know, connecting God and earth, the heavens and the earth, putting those two realms together. I always find that very interesting to me. That I mean, maybe that's why I'm always interested in mystical religions. But all that to say is, as I've said before, is it's a cultural worldview for, you know, Polynesian tattoos. This is how they see the world. This is how they see themselves. And this is how they see themselves in the universe and their place on this planet. A very profound thing. As they tr- as they sail the oceans, you know, settle in, in Hawaii and Easter Island, you know, very far. And I'm just going to reread the last sentence I made. As descendants of the original humans, being Adam and Eve for the Christians, we hold such transcendental knowledge and shouldn't we express that? I also believe that whatever knowledge our ancestors have gained, it's transferred to us, whether it's verbally or even maybe genetically, who knows? But truths and realities of our past ancestors get passed down to us through our DNA or through stories, or in, and in this case, through tattoos. So instead of just seeing it as like beautiful art, you could you should sometimes see tattoos as one the few ways a culture old cultures survive and it's through tattoos and it's kind of interesting because the life of a tattoo is as long as a human life you have that on you as long as you live and is that not an interesting metaphor about human culture and life things can disappear quick so enjoy while it's here and don't don't be anxious of it being gone enjoy it anyway so that was today's episode took a little deep a deep detour towards there but i feel like i feel like polynesian tattoo is deep i mean polynesian tattoo 
Polynesian culture and philosophy and worldview, I think it's pretty profound. And that's why it's perhaps presented so optimistically and soothing and relaxing like, you know, your typical Hawaiian music because the faster you realize mortality, the easier it is to enjoy life. And it seems like the Polynesians tune into that quite early. And maybe that's why I went down this deep conversation or just, you know, quite a profound theme. But, you know, it's fun. We should talk about that. And in natural progression, because I made a mention about James Cook and Western sailors being influenced by Polynesian ta- tattoos and how the word tattoo started proliferating throughout Europe only after when James Cook visited the Polynesian or the Maori tribes, transferring the word tatau to Europe. All this fancy way to say that next week I'm going to talk about American traditional tattoos and how that early 17th century or 18th century history between uh, Polynesian tattoo and Western world sort of um, merge and melt together. And I believe that really does happen with the American traditional tattoos. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you're enjoying these series. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast streaming platform you're on. And also you can follow me on Instagram at Jason underscore Jisoo, Jisoo spelled G-I-S-O-O. And once again, thanks for listening. Thank you for being an audience. My name is Jason Kim from Montreal. Thank you.